Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Devil Hulk. One Sasquatch. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Darman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Home for news, you, re, re, reviews, news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Mm-hmm. Kind of ran out of gas there, buddy. <laughs> Help. What's, what, what, what's wrong? The Devil that's, Hulk is in me. That you know, that's personal. <laughs> that you know, I went through the green door. Hmm. <laughs> What's that? What, what, what are you making that noise for? What is it? You know, I I don't I don't like to judge people for their alternate lifestyles. It is um that that's that's my work. I have to I have to change myself. You, oh. I want you to be happy. <laughs> okay, good. That's good to know. Hi, guys. Hey, Hansomites. How's you guys doing out there? We are discussing The Immortal Hulk, Volumes 1 and 2, Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, uh, later on, in Herbo Book Club, talking all about that Devil Hulk, all about that green door. <laughs> Why are you, you... You're such a... I got the giggles. You, Just I leave me alone. Leave me, leave me be. Leave me be. I was listening to Metallica earlier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you were listening to that perennial classic, Saint Anger. <laughs> or the, stanger to its friends the best drum sound ever recorded you yes. mean tonk yeah. tonk 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 <laughs> Lars Ulrich banging on trash cans for the entirety of that album he's a he's a real artist they hired a prof- that was a professional a Grammy award winning producer and he came up they came up with that drum noise they should be ashamed of themselves well I think they got a lot of things to be ashamed of, and thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's later on. We have comic books that came out much more recently. Well, not, I guess not that much more recently. Immortal Hulk <laughs> it just, just came out. This second trade just came out like two weeks ago, so it's not that much more recent. But we have comic books that came out like this week to talk about, Eric. Groovy. Groovy. It is time for our first segment. It is time for Probably Fortnightly. Well, these were nine where Eric and I talk about a selection of the past couple of weeks' books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a much meter involved. Goes from one to five. Our first book is Delver, number two, written by M.K. Reed and C. Spike Trotman, art Clive Hawkins, colors Marta Laiho, letters Ed Duksha. Checking back in, mm-hmm. following along with some Delver, Comixology original. Still good. <laughs> Review over. <laughs> I know it's not I mean it's not it's not like that's not an exciting hot take or like oh no twist it's a twist it, I mean it's still it's still good it's it's still intriguing we get a little bit more uh of an extended cast outside of the family getting introduced some of these adventurer types that are that are that are coming in and uh a little bit more of I don't know the impact freckled elves freckled elves impact of the dungeons on this little tiny village and i don't know it's still charming it's still i think it 
it hasn't they have not even set foot in the dungeon yet and i'm still they, really they kind of they kind of have no i they haven't gone through that door they went through another door they went down they, some got, they, went, they went they went past security <laughs> but there's a big gate a big fancy gate that's just cracked open i don't that seems like the actual entrance i mean you're i'm sure you're not wrong but you know don't mislead people I like it. She took, it's she good. took a freckled elf to that door. They, that's, yes, that's an accomplishment. Yes, with very they they really get those elf ears out here on this one. Mm-hmm. There, this is not some subtle like little tiny pointy Spock ears going on. Yeah, this so this is someone's kink. This is full on bat ears mm-hmm. on, on these elves. Um, I don't know. It's still fun. Don't I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Eric? I don't know why. Like, I feel like the book has been really subverting my expectations up to this point, and I almost find it kind of boring. Um, the training sequence and the um, her wanting to go into the dungeon. I mean, I'm not. I mean, kind of looking at it, it seems inevitable. Yes, because that is fun, and you know. I'm, I'm sure it'll have like good flavor and ultimately that's probably what they should be chasing here. Um, but I kind of liked what they're doing, kind of just talking about these characters and their experience of all this happening. And I'm sure they won't shy away from it. So that, I mean, I don't know that, that, that minor misgiving is no real kind of criticism. It's just, it's good, but I just don't, I just, for some reason, thought it might be trying to do something else. And uh, I don't know. I, for me, it's a shift. I'm sure it'll be good. I think, one, I assumed that they would go into the dungeon from day one at some point. Like, it's... if it, That would be an amazing feat if they made this comic about a dungeon, random dungeons appear in the world and of how it affects this family, and then they never go in. The, we never even step foot in the dungeon. That'd be incredible. Um, but I think that'd be a different story. I think that's what I was saying. That's the story that I thought we were going to be led to. But I mean, I think that the impact of this dungeon and the f- I-, I like the fact that the very presence of the dungeon is driving the people who live near it to have to go into it. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. are run, they are running out of supplies and they are not getting money because the only p- things the people from the dungeon bring up are garbage from the dungeon they're not it's not money it's not currency it's just like here's a glove here's a helmet here's an enchanted sword or whatever Mm. and i think that's this is this is this is a stealth story about gentrification i I, fantasy world and that's what i want to read about i was assuming that's i mean but that's what i mean i think that i don't think that this rest of the story is going to take place in the dungeon i assume that them going into the dungeon and then coming back and going back and forth is leading to larger points of, I mean, I, after I read that first issue, I assumed this thing would be about gentrification in in general. And I assumed her going into the dungeon and maybe becoming eventually kind of becoming more and more like a adventurer, you know, that's an interesting dichotomy of her being, her family is the villagers, these you know, who just, you know, they raised goats and, and lived off the land. And then suddenly, no, now she is one of the encroachers if she continues this lifestyle. And she seemingly, you know, she's having dreams about it. So 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. And she does have a freckled elf who's very keen on being a, on, on being a team mm-hmm. and has Jubilee powers. He wants, to, he wants to level up his Jubilee powers. I'm a buy. Uh, yes. This book is fun. It's got a dorky freckled elf in it. Um, that's a double by Delver. Number two, next up is Spider-Man Life Story. Number one, written by Chip Sadarsky, pencils, Mark Bagley, inks, John Dell, colors, Frank De Armada, letters, Travis Lanham. I, I read what this was and I didn't know what it would be. Like, I was thinking like, it'd be like, you know, X-Men Grand Design kind of thing, maybe, mm-hmm. or, or something, but like it, every issue is going to be a different decade. Because this is issue one, it's in the 60s, and then issue two is going to be in the 70s. Is issue three going to be in the 80s? And is it, is Spider-Man going to age in real time? Or is it going to be still him as a young person and showing the effects of the weird shifting timeline? Or when we get to the 90s, is he going to be like 50 years old? Or 60? Like, I don't know what... I. It's not that this is bad. It's just I don't know what it is. It's weird. Because it's not like it's an or it's not really an origin story. It's kind of an origin origin story, but if it's not like it's not like uh, it's like the books like um, X Men. Uh, what is that? They they retold the origin of the X Men in like the early two thousands, mid or mid to late two thousands, and retold those stories with like modern storytelling techniques versus you know Kirby and and Stanley. Right. But that was very explicit, like, here is retelling of these old stories, and it wasn't couched as, hey, this is the 60s. Well, this is, explicitly. They give us a year, Vietnam is happening, like, what? I don't I don't know what this is, it's weird. Do you like it? I do enjoy it. I, um, I, I don't think I thought too deeply about it, honestly. Because um, I, I was not aware of what you're talking about that each issue is going to represent a decade well, I, mean, I just assumed it that says this the, was telling the spider-man story as if it was when it started in the 60s what says I didn't, at the end it says next issue the 1970s with a cob a, a pumpkin a pumpkin bomb disco ball yeah and i i i don't i'm i am i would like to see more i'm Kind of don't. The, 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 my main takeaway from the story is, hey, Spider-Man, the story's fine. Can I get more Captain America in Vietnam? <laughs> I want more. I'm, like as this grizzled guerrilla fighter defending civilians. That's really what I would. I would like to see that, but I don't know if they're gonna. We're gonna get any more of that. I I wonder. It, it does seem a little bit uh, off message for a book about Spider-Man. I mean, why not have him meet the Punisher also? I mean, get, the next issue is the 70s. So that's the perfect time. That's when we meet the Punisher. Uh, that's the post-Vietnam. So that'd be perfect time for Punisher Frank Castle to walk up next to Cap and say, Hey, I'm not a psychopath yet. Or, or whatever. I think that is that is a normal way for people to talk. I mean, Frank Castle, maybe. This is also 33 pages. So it's a, a it's an oversized issue. I just it those thoughts raised in my mind because I don't usually when this when like they're doing these like think of like Darwin Cook when he did New Frontier that was like a you know it was had the veneer of that time period that it's set in but it's not trying to redefine these characters to anyone it's not it that's not really an introduction to these characters to those characters 
New Frontier. And I assume this is not going to be someone's first Spider-Man comic. It feels like this would be targeted at people who grew up with those early Spider-Man comics and wanted to revisit the time period or something. Like, I don't know. I I think I'm still a buy because I think this is good and interesting and kind of a it has like value because of the the strangeness of the time setting and the way it's told. But it's more makes me it's very curious for me. It feels very completely natural. Nothing about it seems odd or off. It just seems very good and competent and a no brainer. And it's like. I don't know. I always found the 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 early Ditko Spider-Man comics very um I don't know, homey, heartwarming and did something happen? I'm fine. I did not expect you to be across the room. I'm fine. Okay. I no, I did I was not across the room. I was away from my microphone because something fell. I'm okay. You yet live. Mm-hmm. Um I I think that it's interesting. You know, that if we are going to talk about Spider-Man in the context of, you know, various generations and that is an interesting thing to me. I think it's odd that it's a stumbling block for you because I I don't know. I'm I'm all on board. I think that it is um, an interesting thing. I I had a very good time with this. I'm not saying the issue is bad. I'm saying what is issue two going to be? Yeah. Well, well, okay. Set, it's set in set nineteen seventy six. Ten years later, mm-hmm. is Peter Parker ten years older? Well, I think we're going to find out. Well, that's my question. It's a question worth asking, but I don't think it changes the quality of this book. Mm, I saw, I'm a buy. <laughs> you're you're a weirdo, is what you are. All right, maybe I just I'm curious. Hey, shifting the shifting timeline is a big deal. Like Peter Parker, how old is Peter Parker now? 2019 no nobody knows <laughs> i think he's 28 maybe. It's, it's obfuscated <laughs> on purpose it's yeah i know but you know if you, are we just gonna every time it's just gonna be i don't know we'll see double I buy think, it's a thing yeah it's a thing that you hand wave away because comic books well they're playing with fire here when they go oh it's set in the 60s and then the 70s and then the 80s and then the 90s are we gonna get the clone saga in the 90s uh, who knows Chip Zdarsky writing the Clone Saga. You know, I I think we need to let him just write more stuff because it's good. And design big banners that are just pictures of his face. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a double by Spider-Man Life Story number one. Next up is Meet the Scrolls number two, written by Robbie Thompson, art Nico Henrikan, Henrichon, I don't know, color assistant Laurent Grissot, letters Travis Lanham. Checking back in again, another number two, Meet the Scrolls. The uh, first issue was pretty solid. We liked it. Um, I I still like I still like this. I enjoy this this struggle. These the, all these these scrolls their struggle. I enjoy brooding for these evil villains that are trying to destroy our Earth. And there's weird trench coat electric guy that's killing them. I don't think he. Uh, I think trench coat electric guy is not long for this world. I I mean I who knows what's going to happen here. I think this is only four issues long. I think this is a four issue miniseries. That's a that is a concise statement. I want to say it's four. I don't know if it doesn't say it on the front cover, so I don't know any. I can't tell off the top of my head, but I thought it was four issues. Um, yeah, if it's only, 
I mean, they're they're finding the information they need to uh, disrupt this thing, and but I, I think you know it's a getting the story of this little scroll family and what their mindset is about what planets who, who what planets belong to who, which means all of their all planets are theirs apparently. But I like Mustache Dad. Mm-hmm. I I like angry other daughter, and I. I am I'm I'm still empathetic. Like I'm I'm continuing to enjoy and root for these awful, awful villains, which is not an easy task necessarily. Uh I the book still looks really nice. Um I'm a buy. Yeah, this book is uh something else here. It's it's uh it's wild, it's weird. I'm really intrigued by this um what the youngest daughter? Mm-hmm. There's not a younger one. There's, I don't know. It was such a gut punch when, um, when he he said like, "Are you even a scroll or whatever it was?" He said it just seemed so, I don't know, so odd, so harsh, very uncomfortable. Yeah, this this is this is decidedly a good story. I hope it's more than four issues and that you're just misinformed. I can't imagine what story they would end up telling in four issues because this does seem. Well, Eric, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's five issues. Okay, it's a little bit, a little bit better. A little bit more, but you know, if it does well enough, you, you another spinoff into whoever lives <laughs> through this. <laughs> whoever lives through this story, which who knows who's going to get through this? But uh, I imagine if it does well enough, you know, it sells enough, they'll. Do another maybe another miniseries with the survivors, whichever. I'm assuming that they're not all going to make it out. That's just my guess. But is it, you're a straight up a buy, Eric. I believe so. I'm, I mean, I can confidently say I really like this book. So it's a double buy. Meet the Scrolls number two. Next up, the magnificent Miss Marvel number one, written by Saladin Ahmed, pencils Mink Yu Young, inks Juan Velasco, colors Ian Herring, letters tra- uh, letters. Joe Caramagna. I almost said Travis Lanham again. Letters. Joe Caramagna did letters. Um, so, it's a new era. Mm-hmm. New era, Eric. Uh, 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 Miss Marvel comic not written by G. Willow Wilson. Yeah, I'm a little grumpy about it. I mean, he is basically the perfect person to hand this book to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Kamala's voice is it sounds pretty much right the world feels pretty much right i'm a little i'm 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 a little i want to grumble about this book like it's hard for me not to it's hard for me not to be a little upset that i'm not getting exactly my precious thing again you know and i think i just need to be patient and really see what he's gonna do here Mm -hmm. there's nothing grotesquely off base um, this story is weird and compelling and fits with, with the rest of Miss Marvel, I would say pretty well, you know, it feels like weird kid adventures in New Jersey, parents turning into goo. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good, like kid superhero storyline. Yeah, I think it it is hinting at. I think it's an essential part of Miss Marvel's theme is family. 
and the right. importance of her, t- uh, importance of her culture to her, and the fact that she, you know, she's torn between being a superhero and being, uh, uh, her, you know, between her family and Islam and her friends and her neighborhood and all these things are connected in one giant web, and mm. it's the one thing that never, I don't think, Jewel Wilson never really you know her parents were never in direct danger necessarily they, you know they never did that kind of story where yeah her parents are being attacked her parents are being like her friends would be kidnapped occasionally or or something like yeah. that but they, they never were kept pretty separate right and it was always a, and you know that that separation is part was a lot of the time part of the the drama and the conflict is because she was torn between these two different things and in this you go directly to it you like you attack it you attack the family there's something wrong at home and I think that is I, – I was a little, like – I was a little grumbly, I think, a little bit in because it's immediately, like, it pulls – it pulls – you know, it doesn't draw out. Like, it took a long time for Wilson to get – and her and the team to get to the fact – you know, Kamala has, reve- has revealed her, her identity to her mother. And in, this, in the, his first issue, we have – her her father like i i know you're a superhero blah 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 and i'm like oh i don't know if i want this happening so fast yeah and then you get the goo monsters and weird lots of other weird stuff all happening and them obviously trying to hide they're hiding they're they they're hiding something else they don't want to tell her i feel like i'm yeah i salina med's a very good writer um made a huge splash very quickly as a comic book writer and I'm going to give this time, let it develop. I, I think his mm-hmm. his voices are good. I like I like the the art a lot. Um, I these giant monsters she's fighting are awesome. It's almost like Power Rangers, almost. You know, she fights these big they monsters. They are very Power Rangersy, aren't they? That that uh, werewolf thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, what's what's that woman that's always waving her arms around? I can I don't know these people's Rita, names. Rita Repulsa. Oh god, that's so stupid. <laughs> I watch Power Rangers. I know you're fucking like a million years younger than me. <laughs> a, a million. One million. I am. Wow. I am, I am like a first generation vampire. <laughs> you were around for 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 like protoplasm. You're just you're just yeah. I'm, I'm older than the human race. <laughs> you're just you just were standing on the edge of edge of the ocean as. As the force primordial ooze got onto land, and no, I, I I used to be some other uh, some other creature. I uh, I uh, changed my form, but I I think this is very pretty. I think the writing is solid, and I'm curious to see what he does. You know, and it's it's a hard thing because it is not it's not a thing that happens a lot, honestly, in superhero mm. comics where you get like, hey, a formative seminal writer comes onto the scene, creates a a a all-time character, a character that is as good as Peter Parker, yeah. and you're and you're and we are reading the comic book as it happens, and you grow very attached to it. Uh, but everyone, no one's you know Chris Claremont, even he didn't write X Men Forever. Eventually, he moved on, and eventually, everyone all. I mean, it's more more likely now than ever that you know writers not going to stay with a certain character forever, and it's you know I think because. G. Willow Wilson is so closely attached to Kamala. I think we have little, you know, feelings about mm, it. Fifi's. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a buy. I think this look looks great. I think it's it 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 the writing is good. I think I'm excited to see where he takes it. 
I feel like um, even if I don't know, even if it takes Ahmed like a full arc to really get into the swing of this, I think it's probably still worth sticking it out. So I, I would at least give a couple of issues before I had any real complaints. So it's it's definitely it's definitely worth your time and money, and I I think our precious precious Kamala is in good hands. Mm-hmm. So double buy, magnificent Miss Marvel number one. Last book of the week is Invisible Kingdom number one, written by the aforementioned G Willow Wilson, art Christian Ward, letters Sal Cipriano. So we got. Ahmed with the Black Bolt was with art with Christian Ward. Now G. Willow Wilson is doing a comic book with Christian Ward. Creator mm-hmm. own book about space nuns and smugglers. It's almost like they all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this. Hmm. <laughs> I know. What's that noise, Eric? I, it's fine. Okay. It falls largely flat for me. I'm not emotionally invested in this book that much. I I am really having a hard time getting into it. I mean, we've discussed your your love of Christian Ward, and I think that that's a thing that's sucking you in. For me, this is just like a bunch of bright colors and characters that I'm having trouble connecting with. I will I will say that I think the the uh you know the the uh i don't know ship people the, the mercenaries or or smugglers or whatever they are the people who are working for this giant mega corporation they are they're they're not bad i think they're fine i think i'll probably grow to like them more as i read more mm-hmm. i'm the thing that's really getting me is this 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 the the nun stuff is the mm-hmm. is this this Weird. It is way more compelling. I I like that half a lot more. It's not that I don't like the other half. I think it's largely that feels a little bit more plot driven well, than necessarily yeah. than like, hey, you need to know all the like. I think it's also not helpful that there's like five of these dif- five different characters, and I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but the nun, this this young girl who's becoming a nun for the first time, and the weird you know weird space religion we don't know what it is really you know it's vague and we uh, obtuse is a it's a thing that there's just generally not a lot of fiction about in general is about you know especially comic books you know you you get a movie or two about like priests and nuns a year maybe and usually it's about some horrible thing one did <laughs> that is the story yeah it's a, it's a story about uh Oh, what was that movie about uh, the, the the molestation? I can't even think about it now. I don't. I don't know. Jeez, I think it. Ha- I can't even remember the stupid actor's name. This is this is a great content to bring up. I can't remember anybody. I think it's called Doubt. Actually, yeah, that sounds right. Was that was he, one of the last Phil Seymour Hoffman's last movies? That's the person whose name I couldn't remember. And yes, I think it was. Um, and. It, these, this feels like that they're, it's not I, I would say this issue feels a little bit light, a little bit but it does feel very confident and it doesn't feel too hand-holdy for the most part. I think the, the hand-holdy parts are in that smuggler section, which is why I think they're not as strong. The nun parts are less hand-holdy and more throw you into this world which is why I, think I, they're, I, they're, I like them they're, more. They're, they're, well, they're much better and more compelling 
when you, I don't even see it as much as handholdy, as much as it's just like a billion words and a lot of exposition and shit that like I'm I'm not connecting with the characters. I'm not drawn into what's happening. I'm just reading it. I'm like I'm just like this is so uninteresting, and I do feel more drawn in um, to the nun story. It is just instantly considerably more compelling and that is my frustration with it i'm i i'm spending what <laughs> by by word count like it seems like 90 percent of this book with characters that uh that it is failing to make me care about it's yeah it's like when mostly the last third is yeah in the space yeah. none part um i mean there's, there's some gorgeous <laughs> there's some gorgeous pages in here no doubt yeah, that's also I I really love Christian Ward and some of these pages are really really great. I you know, I still love his use of color and the the you know, the 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 juxtaposition of this like sparse nun society in the midst of these like neon megacorp kind of, you know, blade runner-esque colors and stuff like that. I I don't think this book is perfect. But I do really like it. I am engaged. I want to keep reading. Um, I'm a buy. Yeah, I think I'm a buy. I just, I don't know. My girl let me down just a little bit, but it's still, uh, it's still a good read. I mean, I think it it reminded me of Neil Stevenson. Actually, so I see there a direct comparison the world even feels to me like I could, I could see, uh, Anathem, the world in Anathem. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it, it kind of looks like this in my mind and the, you know, being based in a religious order. Mm -hmm. That is, all it's a, it's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's another why, like why Anathem is so good. It's like, it's weird, this weird religious system that you don't know what's happening. You're just like, oh, okay, I guess they live like this. And you figure it out as you go. Um, yeah. Double by Invisible King number one. Uh, that'll do it for this episode. Well, a lot less than last time, Merck. We took it easy on you. No, we, we did not read 80 books this time. No, only five. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about whatever we want to. What we've been seeing or doing or playing or reading or whatever. So what's going on, Eric? New Japan Cup ended. I saw. Did you? Oh, you watched it? I did not watch. I've been. Oh I've, man, we, we've had house guests, so I've not been watching anything aside from. <laughs> aside from Yusuf, eat brisket. That is part of it. What? Yes, we've been playing video games and <laughs> going to places. Those are. Oh, I'm jealous. I uh, I, I love those two. They're uh, good folks, and I I struggle to get them to leave their house to come see to come meet me someplace but i'm i'm a fan of both of them um, they're tremendous folks I, I am but i am aware of the ending of the new japan cup um, oh so you know how it happened you know who the winner is yes i know the winner of the okay. new japan cup i figured it's it seems like big news and it was we did sort of talk predictions early and i i don't know i think everyone was expecting this or that but to tie it back into um it always seems like at, with hindsight you're like oh yeah this is kind of the exact of course they were going to do this um 
brief spoilers. If not, if you have not want to be spoiled for the New Japan Cup, it ended two days ago by the time you hear this. But whatever. I I think it ended uh, this morning. I thought. Well, yeah, but I mean, you don't it hear said it the twenty fourth was the when it aired. Yes, but by the time people hear this, it'll be two days. You're okay. I don't understand how posting things work. So thank you for tomorrow night reminding me Tuesday morning. <laughs> um, so Okada won. I that's not it's not a surprise to me. As soon as Ibushi got knocked out by Zack Sabre mm-hmm. Jr., you immediately go to Okada. Those are the two I was expecting. Uh, you know, Naito, Okada, or Ibushi to win. Um, yeah, and it's Ibushi is probably going to wrestle Naito at uh, the G1 Supercard while Okada, Okada is wrestling. Jay White will Okada win the belt back at at the Supercard? That is, at, yeah, at, that's at, that's really what I'm wondering. How how is that how is that going to go over? After after he lost to him last time, I genuinely don't know. Like how how long are they really going to drag out this uh, redemption arc? I don't you know. Are they gonna Are they gonna have Are they gonna create a rivalry between the two of these guys? the same way that they did with um, Tanahashi and Okada. I don't know. They're pretty good at taking this stuff and making it interesting. I will say, though, and when you watch it, there was a uh, a, a whole uh, promo that they did um, at the end of the New Japan Cup where uh, Jay White comes down and you know, he does this genuine shit talk, but he seemed really, really off his game. Like, I don't know what was going on. He seemed really off, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it it seemed really weird. He wasn't the the complete dirtbag that he normally is. He, he, it, it seemed weird to me. I want to know if you, you notice anything once you watch it. I'll, I'll watch and see. I don't notice stuff like that oftentimes, you know. Mm. He just he just didn't seem I mean, he's still incredibly young. It's true, but like when he was doing that, I was like, "Oh, this is like an a, a young unskilled kind of person, but normally when he comes out and does that shit, it's like, "Oh, yeah, this is a a gifted dude who he looks like an asshole right now and it's great." Mhm. You know, and I did not come away with it thinking that i was it felt small when normally he feels really big i think they everything is all everything is going to be lining up to okada versus naito at wrestle at the next wrestle kingdom i don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna happen i think that's part of the fun but i'm assuming they will have a rematch at this big the largest wrestle kingdom in a decade probably so over a decade the large this probably be the biggest wrestle kingdom ever it's everyone has been for the past five years, so yeah. No let's problem. let's let's just hope bigger, better, faster, harder. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, a thing that people should watch. Oh, on the Netflix that mm. just got added. I I think just got added. It is the first two seasons, although it is listed as one season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Ah. And by saying the first two seasons, I mean the cartoon that was produced and released in 2012. It is the first two arcs. Uh, are you familiar at all with, with jo- uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I'm familiar that of the meme 
Uh, the, well, this the, is in that. Yeah. It's me, Dio. It's me, Dio is in episode one. I, re- I remember the. I know the meme. That's, that's yes. it. Well, okay. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is one of the most beloved manga of all time. Uh, in some, in, in some have even voted it like over stuff like Dragon Ball and things like that. Like it is, it is a big deal. Uh, and for some reason it has taken many years for there to be really good JoJo's cartoons being made, but there's a ton of them now. Uh, a lot of good ones are on Crunchyroll, but these two are on Netflix. So if you do not have Crunchyroll, you probably have access to Netflix and I think they're all worth watching. It is absolutely called Bizarre Adventure for a reason. And certainly it starts out, it's like a multi-generational story. Okay. The the first main character is basically like the great grandfather of, uh, maybe you've seen uh, Jotaro. Nope. I've always, I've been saying Jotaro my whole life, but it's Jotaro. Um, anyway, he's kind of a lot of people's entry points into the series, but the whole series starts, it's, it's almost like a weird Castlevania story with a guy that's fighting a vampire that, that killed his family. And then the story is about his grandson. And then the next chapter is about his grandson. And it's wacky that way. It's it, it is a very interesting thing. Like it literally starts in like the 1850s or something. And then Joseph like is I, I don't know. I will say that the the Joseph is the second arc's main character. And he is really wild and weirdly interesting. And one of the things that's fun about it is uh, I don't know. They get them in. They get in the weirdest situations and they have to think their way out of them and the the shit that he comes up with is just absolutely just fucking bananas the 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 series ends with like a guy surviving being thrown in a volcano and then the volcano erupts and shoots them into space and it's just it's just fucking nuts. I, I it is. It, is it bizarre? It is definitely. I mean, it lives up to that. It <laughs> really does. And it I mean, it is truly fabulous. So I I have been I mean, I've been watching a lot of JoJo's lately. This might be my favorite one, although I am enjoying. Um, did I ever talk about Golden Wind at all? No, I think I did. I think I, I didn't. Nope. I thought I talked. To, I thought I checked in with it last time because I thought I remembered talking about the we- like how they weirdly censor um, because there are characters that have the names taken from bands, like you know from American and British music and stuff. And there's mm-hmm. a ton of them in in this one too. Like there's there's literally there's literally a character named Robert E O Speedwagon. <laughs> That is, that is, that is, and he is in it for a long time. He is in it forever. He grows to a, a, an 80 something year old man before he dies. 
And his foundation lives on. Please, don't call me Mr. Speedwagon. That was my father's name. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, it's just, Christ. I, it is a show that I've never... I've heard, I've heard from about by every fan, I think, of it. But I've never watched it. Because it I'm just... Gonna, I've always gotten, I'm like, gonna, little bits and pieces. And it's always like, oh, that sounds insane. It is fucking insane. And I'm going to tell you, we should read a whole bunch of it. I want to make you read a whole bunch of it for book club because okay. it is it is it is magnificent. It really is like it is it is important um, in the landscape of manga. And it is a thing that I think people don't talk about enough. I mean, it is probably as important as I mean, Dragon Ball, One Piece, um, Ranma, although Ranma, I think, is more important to Americans than the Japanese. Um, what the hell else was I thinking? I don't know. You can't read my mind? Not anymore. That's a shame. Not just that one night. You'll have to wonder about that one, mm-hmm. gentle listener. Yep. <laughs> You're an insane person. What is, what what do you what have you been doing with your life other uh, than <laughs> eat, eating brisket and petting Yusuf's beard? Um, brisket is very good, I should say. <laughs> I I, uh, I I didn't when I was in Austin last I did, I I had some okay barbecue I want to I want to have I want to I want to really I want to BBQ it up uh, I we got some Franklin's which is regarded by some as the best barbecue in the world um, that's what you want and it was it was very good I'm not I'm not I haven't tr- eaten all the barbecue in the world so I'm not gonna say it's the best well, I have and my, my uh I will I'm say de- that I'm definitive I will say that it is very good barbecue I I am confident enough in that it was very good I enjoyed it I still have some leftovers <laughs> that I'll probably eat for dinner um uh but I I have some video games to talk about Eric that does sound like you so there's a video game it came out on Friday uh, this past Friday. It's called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, it is a Souls-like. It is from from Software, maker of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and those games. And it is like that, mostly. It is, is It has been billed as a departure from the Souls-like games, but not too much. It is still that. It is still extraordinarily hard. Um, it is still very demanding combat. There are differences that do change it up to, to people who are really engrossed in these games. They will go, wow, that's amazing. That's such a big deal. But most people who don't play them a lot will probably say, oh, it's it's still like that, though, because, you know, it still has like, hey, if you die, you lose your progress. Um, there's a tweak to that in this game, but there's still largely, hey, there's there's bonfires. You go light them and then you can fast travel between them. Uh, you collect souls quote-unquote by killing enemies although this time they're used to invest in skill trees and you have to get it it's all kind of like minor quibble things that most people won't notice the difference um i think the largest difference between this and a normal souls game is jumping and the grappling hook because you have a grappling hook there's a verticality in this and it is the grap and like the movement and the traversal and the platforming is all very good and normally in dark souls games it is very bad you don't try and do any of those things because the game can't handle it. If you try and <laughs> jump, you will probably miss your jump. So you don't do it. 
in this game, it is a lot of jumping, a lot of scaling walls, hanging from ledges. There is stealth, and stealth is important. You sneak up on people, and you deal them death blows. Death blows are, like, the actual way you kill enemies. It's like, you can just whittle down their health if you'd like, and over time... But the actual way to kill enemies is by delivering death blows in a giant fountain of blood, like a exploitation movie from the 70s. Like you slice someone's throat and literally like 10 gallons of blood shoots out of them every time. Um, it is set in Japan. You have, it, uh, you have a Japanese protagonist in like the 1600s, I think. 1600s, I think that's when it is. Um, you might be wrong. But that's the game. It's it's a Souls-like game. It's... I. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm thinking about it right now, even as we're recording this podcast. <laughs> well, Tom Cruise is nowhere to be seen in it. No, no Tom Cruise. It's all in Japanese. Although uh, all the, all the, you can't, I, I don't know if you can have a dubbed English. I wouldn't want to listen to it, but there may be one there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's still full of mystery and weirdness and weird, spooky stuff like the Dark Souls games. Like, hey, this weird item, it's a bell. If you offer it at this altar... You travel into a memory where you fight more guys. And you're like, okay, all right, this is definitely a Souls game. Uh, but I would absolutely re- recommend it after about three or four hours in. I am, I want to go play it now. That's all I'm thinking about. Um, the other game I want to talk about, Eric, is a game I uh, got free in a Humble Bundle thing. Humble Monthly, I think I got it. It is American Truck Simulator. So you know truckers, right? I have, uh, I've, I've met one or two in my life. Uh, so you know their job. You know they drive trucks. Or they drive stuff from place to place. Some of them drive over ice. Some of them do. Uh, this game, you, there's no ice in this game. You are. That's that's, that's real. That's a shame. They modeled uh, California, Nevada, Arizona, and they're working on New Mexico and Oregon right now. I think is how Good it works. God. But and they're not one to one scale. It's not like you're actually driving the length of California or anything. You know, you're driving the a simulacrum of the the routes you're like i'm going to vegas to la it's not going to take you four actual hours to drive uh it'll take you like 30 minutes or something um but they'll have a a substantial portion of the landmarks um and you are it's american truck simulator you're driving a truck around and taking stuff from place to place and you get paid and there there sure are a bunch of these (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you can buy for that if you'd like if you really like american truck simulator which um, which one did you say you had? It is you, Ameri- have you, have, you have many of them? I got American Truck Simulator, and then there's things you... Uh, there's also European Truck Simulator, which are made by the same people, but it's an older game. American Truck Simulator, then there's many things, like DL- there's DLC for it that adds yeah. states and add different trucks and different... There's a lot of things for it. Um, I have. I don't know what I have in my bundle that I got. I, I, I don't... We'll see as I play more. It's more of like kind of a, a chill game. Because you just kind of drive around and they are pretty forgiving about, I can never be a truck driver in real life. Uh, I figured that out very quickly after playing this game. Um, they're very forgiving about the amount of physical damage you can do to other cars and to buildings. <laughs> <laughs> they're very kind. You know, I in, in real life, if you ran into a gas station going 30 miles an hour with a truck, you would have problems with your life afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. The the gas station in this does not explode in fire if you do, and so I, it's very forgiving. You just get a two hundred dollar fine or something from your six thousand dollar payday for delivering a thing to a place. But it's fun. I enjoy it. I think if you hear the name American Truck Simulator, 
you already know if you'll like the game. I, it's grotesque. I kind of want to play this. Then you know that that's your answer. I guess so. That's your answer. Um, I have a book coming out in a week. That's the other thing. Congratulations I have. on that. Uh, it'll be on Elton March thirty first. Available for purchase at Amazon.com or wherever you buy your physical books, if you want physical books. Digital versions on Amazon only. I got my proofs back. I've fixed them. Getting a new physical proof back tomorrow and barring any colossal disasters, it will all be going on sale on the 31st. Pre-order should be up sometime this week. Um, I'll have links to, if you follow me on social media, don't worry. You will not be able to miss the many links I will be posting when it is up the pre-order and the official on sale is up as well so I will not shut up i promise i will not shut up about it for a few few weeks to a month probably i think you just need to you you just need to adjust your outro yes that and is, talk about it that that as well um never stop talking about it bubs yeah i know but that's uh i said i'd have a date by the time we record it and i do so 31st it'll be available so by the time you hear this Probably within probably the middle of the week, there will be links to the stores. You can follow me on all the social media places, which I have listed in every website, every episode of this podcast <laughs> that has ever been recorded. That's it. I've had eaten a lot of food. I've eaten so much food the past few days as well. Very I'm good. Proud food. of you for that. Very too. very good food. Very good food. Mm-hmm. Ramen with multiple types of eggs in them. I mean, that's important. The very important. I want to learn to cook eggs the way they put it in ramen. Me too, honestly. I think it's yeah. just basically just like soft boiling them for a mm-hmm. certain amount of time at certain, probably in the broth, I imagine. Certain broths. I don't know. You ready to talk about the Hulk? I am I'm eager to talk about the, the main green machine. <laughs> what is that? Isn't that the that soccer movie? Wasn't well, the big? Is that that's just th- the big green, isn't it? Isn't you're it? you're think you're thinking you're thinking of uh, the big green egg. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show Eric must sign a longer collective work, discuss it in depth, like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book in a comic book club. This week, we are discussing The Immortal Hulk Volumes 1 and 2 by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Uh, many, many well-lauded comic. One of the uh, many 2018 Best of the Year lists. Um, certainly reinvigorated my enjoyment of the Hulk. Reading, the Lord, uh, yeah. Reading this. Um, what is your... How do you feel about the Hulk, Eric? He's a character that I really couldn't have given two craps about. Um, I'm trying to think if we read. We read World War Hulk is, or not World War we Hulk, but Planet, Planet Hulk, Hulk we also. Read, we read Planet Hulk. I don't think we were, actually, I don't think we read World War Hulk. I think we just read Planet I, Hulk. I think, I think I, I know I have read both, I want to say. I definitely I, I, have gotten them confused too. I've also read them both, but I think we discussed Planet Hulk on, I don't, maybe we did World War Hulk? I don't, we've done 200 plus episodes. I don't remember yeah, everything. Yeah, I think uh, someone needs to cut us a break here. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we read that. Did, is this different than, did, is this different than how you felt then? I don't know, Planet Hulk was good. Mm-hmm. Planet Hulk was good, I think. Uh, World War Hulk, not so World, good. World War, World, World War Hulk, not so much. That's 
challenging for my big dumb mouth to say. I've have you read any other Hulk aside from this? I can't say that I have. I always wanted to uh, check out the like the Peter David stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, th- that's the that is the that is the Hulk that before Greg Pox wrote him. That was that was most of the Hulk, honestly, because Peter David wrote him for a long time, mm-hmm. and he wrote the Hulk as basically kind of as a metaphor for mental disorder, as a, a you know it's it's kind of dated at this point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thirty years almost thirty years later in some cases, but it it is about you know the uh, like hidden subconscious personalities and split you know split personalities and 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 personality disorder and it, like you know Bruce ha- you know has hidden all these things deep inside of him and the Hulk is that coming out and there's different they you know through Peter David's run there's multiple versions of the Hulk you know there's and they're all different aspects of Bruce Banner's personality and in certain times certain ones take over and then they use Throughout his run, they have different versions of the Hulk become the star of the book, kind of. And, like, I think the most famous one is the scientist, which is what the, the, the kind of, just like, this is the devil Hulk. The scientist was Bruce Banner's intellect with the Hulk body, just not as strong as, let's say, the you know, the, the rampaging Hulk. You know, the, the full-on angry Hulk is stronger, but, of course, he's not as intelligent as Bruce Banner is, so he would... He's not as necessarily a good in a fight or whatever, but it came back down. Always came back to Bruce Banner in Peter David's run. Like Bruce Banner is the cause of all of this. There's no, and it's it's Bruce Banner. He got hit by gamma bomb, gamma rays, and that's why he's the Hulk now. This kind of changes all of that. Sort of. It's hard to say yet because this is not a finished story. It's only the first two trades, but. I don't think I've ever been as excited about the Hulk as I mm-hmm. am after I've read this. No, this is a very, like, a very surprising and exciting story. I know you... And not, not just because Sasquatch is clearly, um, um... Oh, God, why can't I think of his stupid name? That would have been so funny if I could have just said it. <laughs> nope. Why can't uh, mm, Doctor Malcolm Jeff? What's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Sasquatch is Jeff Goldblum in this. I'll just edit all that and and and, and make you look like a super intelligent, funny guy. Mm, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> because we all know that's who I am. Exactly. It's. I know you were you were kind of cold after that first issue. I, I and I'm really surprised to to come back to it, and it even feels. I mean, there's been plenty of stuff that I read better just knowing that I know where it's going to be going for the next issue, mm-hmm. knowing that there's going to be more, knowing that my questions are going to be answered. I don't know what it is that I'm. I feel like I'm much more critical of stuff told month to month like that and i i mean i just enjoy things better when they're in trade i don't have i have so fewer problems i did not like that first issue i didn't care for it and i, I mean i 
I loved it. I was surprised. I remembered every bit of it, but I was like all on board right away, you know? And it, I mean, it, part of it, it could have been that you had primed me. You said that you would, you had read this and you really enjoyed it. And, you know, I was excited about, um, you know, you talking about how people had been praising it. So I, I don't know. I'm, I was, it was the, the, the issue just felt so much better, which was weird to me, but that, that has been a pattern, um, for a lot of different books that we've read, you know, read for floppies and then picked up for trade. <sighs> Maybe Runaways won't be terrible. Who knows? I I do think that that first issue doesn't... It is... It's not quite like the rest of it. No, I think it is... This is a slow burn. I think it is slowly... It is... It is... I, I think one... Most people, if they're reading The Hulk, even comic book fans of The Hulk who have read a lot of Hulk... They're not, this is all very different than yeah. what you've gotten in the past. Even with, you know, normal, oh, I'm, I get angry and I turn into kind of a rampaging monster. This is incredibly different from this because he, he is Devil Hulk. That is accurate. And you're not, it, the first issue is just basically introducing the fact that this Hulk is not a good guy, really. He he's not necessarily a bad guy. He can be, but this is not Bruce Banner from the MCU. This is not Mark Ruffalo turning into like a you know a big goofy wrecking ball. This thing is monstrous and scary mm -hmm. and gruesome, and I think that first issue is. All it is is setting the tone. It is like that is all it does. It is introducing like, hey, the Hulk is back. He is terrifying, and that is what this book is going to be. But it doesn't get into what the book becomes, which is like a weird exploration of what the Hulk is and what like this the Green Door and like it's it I it's not laid out at any point really. You're kind of along for the ride figuring this stuff out as it goes and like i think because bruce banner isn't the star of the book it's not about science it's not about mystery it's not like discovering like the mystery and investigation part is the detective the, not the detective, the journalist lady following along and then joining the police i guess or the not police I, what are, they're like the 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 the, <laughs> the the alpha flight but not alpha flight whatever gamma flight gamma force yeah um but that first issue isn't quite what it is it's just more like a tone piece i think it's just like this is more like a car story than it is a superhero story um but it's not really that either really i i wouldn't call this a horror story it's horrific mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd call it horror though maybe maybe I, it's more fantasy i think than that than horror, honestly, it's just horrific fantasy. Maybe that's it. It's horror fantasy. It's it's not like a lot of things that I've read. No, it's very in, it's insane. It's insane. It is it is fucking cr cr Crusher Creel gets hit with his own fucking skull and spine. Pork man. 
Yeah, but, he's having a rough go. He's not doing so hot lately. He's having oh, no. a, he's having a he gets get he's in space prison, he dies, oh. comes back to life, and now he's being used as a lab rat, and then he gets turned into this awful monster thing with his spine and skull just hanging out. Shit's rough, man. But it's not at the end of the day, the Hulk what the Hulk is and the force and the effects of the bomb, the gamma bomb were never more than science gone awry. This is absolutely not that because this is like, this is supernatural. Mm. This is, this is not science. There's no, there's science in it, but it's mostly like used as like to try and match him or something. But there's there, they go to hell I guess they say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's actual hell, but who knows what it is? It's it's not a good place. <laughs> no, it does not look like a happy place. But I, it's it's painted. It paints the Hulk in a completely simple. It, it's turning things from science into magic. It is like this is like Constantine in a certain way. Yeah, that um, it makes me think of. Um, was it in a Constantine story or was it in Animal Man where they were talking about like the different realms, the red, the green? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. it in was it, it in Constantine? I mean, I think it was in both. That got brought in. I think, or... Yeah, I think it was all together. Like that was the basically yeah. how they revamped the magic of Swamp mm-hmm. Thing and Animal Man and all that. Yeah, that that's that's definitely like what this green door sort of whole thing makes me think of. And it's it's a it's a weird and interesting take. It really is so unlike a lot of things. It is so grotesque. <laughs> it's It's got some fucking shit in it, for sure. I am not one to, to I don't know, be timid about body horror. I'm, I love body horror. I, I watch Cronenberg, and I, The Thing is my favorite movie. This thing is this book is i'm amazed they got i i don't know how they got some of this stuff into mm-hmm. and all it basically amounts to an all ages i mean it's teenage whatever it's not like a kid can't buy it though it's not like it doesn't have max on it on the yeah, cover i thought this was a max i don't know how this could not be a max like literally the fucking that dude who gets eaten by the reforming body of the hulk the mad scientist guy. Mm-hmm. The Hulk the is... Dude, the dude who was riding, riding the wheelie scooter around. The Hulk is in all but a bunch of bits and pieces. They cut his heart in half. They do. His shit's in a jar, and it fucking is, like, beating... God almighty, his shit's nuts. And the, and the Hulk, the devil Hulk, is just like, that's fine. That's all right. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just reform my entire body around you and absorb you. That is awful, but at the same time, it felt like I'm rooting for this Hulk. Mm-hmm. I'm I I like I. It's weird. Like I was talking. I we talked earlier about how like I'm still rooting for the scrolls and meet the scrolls, even though they want to destroy the Earth or whatever and take it over. Devil Hulk is worse than any of them. He is he is terrible. He is vicious, sadistic. He's worse than Frank Castle at his worst. You know, we talk about Punisher Max. 
and how we're like, yeah, we're we are compelled to follow Frank Castle through this terrible journey of gore as he does these horrible, horrible things to horrible, horrible people. And there's certainly an aspect of that to this because the Devil Hulk is largely only targeting other terrible people. But I have I don't know if it's maybe just vestigial feelings I have for Bruce Banner and or the Hulk in general, but or I I think some of it is the fact that the Devil Hulk is so protective of Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. And it makes me like him a lot, even though he's terrible. <laughs> I think he's more terrifying than terrible. He does. I mean, it's so- not like he's going around like eating busfuls of school children. He's not. He is. He's, he's largely. I mean, he's doing horrible things and terrifying things, but he is largely defending himself and attacking bad people. It's true. But it's. I don't know. I just take a little issue with the fact that he's just absolutely horrible. But I mean, you. you that, that is why you root for him, though, is he is. I mean, not good things exactly but it's it's still it's god it is really it's it's fucking disturbing i I mean it it, finish that well i was just gonna say it it that's what's it does really go for those disturbing moments and does them in ways that are just so unexpected and so interesting there's there was a lot that really surprised me in this a tremendous amount anyway go ahead no i don't know i was i was gonna say i love how the hulk looks in this book there's there's not a lot in this book that isn't worth loving it's pretty fucking remarkable i i just love how because he they managed to paint him in this light of being like terrifying and you it it always reminds you and i think that's a thing that comic books sometimes fail to do with the Hulk is make him as imposing as he can be as Mm -hmm. as as dangerous as he can be like he fights the Avengers and he fractures Thor's skull in this book and you're like wait Thor? Thor's just like yeah I'm fine and then Cap's like no we need to get you to a hospital you got a skull fracture you're like oh fuck that's Jesus, the Hulk is fucking not holding back, is he? He's fucking just breaking the skulls of his friends. And this that's always been there. The Hulk is the strongest one there is. And yeah, you make him vicious and he's incredible. He is dangerous. He can nothing can hurt him. And he can do these terrible, terrible things and nothing and he can't die. He's immortal. They do they they punish his body so much in this book. He's he is ripped apart, autopsy dissected. His heart is cut in half, holes blown through him, and then at the end of this arc, he gets his power sucked away from him, and he gets like all sinewy. Yeah, his, his uh, he's got loose skin from deflating so much, and his like face is all drawn and withered and. It, his bones and veins are all popping out, and it's like he's ripping, you know, the skull and spine spine of poor Crusher Creel, and and that that last shot of him in hell, where whatever it is, whatever it is, his neck, it's all 
distended out. It's all cord. It's like cords, and it's like it's so inhuman, and it makes him, and it looks so different from the Hulk we just knew. And it's and it immediately it repulses me, and also makes me kind of feel sad for him at the same time, which is something that that's a, 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 quite a feat. Where I go mm. when I go ew and uh and all kind of all at the same time. I'm like, oh man, Devil Hulk's hurt this is bad and now they're in this awful dimension hell dimension whatever it is and uh, I, I i don't know there's just it's hard to dissect this story because it's one that's not this isn't all of it but it's so different i think that's what stands yeah. out it's not this is not hey i need to go punch this guy real hard and we win there's no what is, who's hulk fighting in this nothing <laughs> there's there's enemies <laughs> there's enemies and stuff but they're not like the the big bad of the book it's not like he has like a mission to go defeat this evil corporation or something he just want it's like it really it's really it actually struck me as kind of funny because it reminded me of the tv show from the 70s the lou frigno show because that's what that show was it's like the hulk wanders into a situation you know helps out if he can and then he wanders off in the end. You know, he hitchhikes to the next episode. And that's how this kind of book starts, because he's just kind of just being a a, a, a kind of transient, just trying to help with the Hulk and trying to, like, get revenge and stop bad people. But the tenor of it could not be any more different than that television show with Lou Ferrigno in green makeup, because it's this is so ghastly. And I don't... I, I I would suggest it to people, but I don't honestly. I don't know that a lot of people like would like the 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 gross, the body horror of it. I think you can't be too squeamish about it for sure. It's like rewriting the mythology of the Hulk in front of us, mm-hmm. which I think is necessary at this point. Well, I wonder someone who was um, very invested in uh, older Hulk stories, what they would think of this. I do feel like the Hulk is a character that everyone just kind of shrugs off. I mean, I, I think the the problem with the Hulk is often the same problem that you have with a lot of characters that are just so powerful. Yeah. Like, what do you do to challenge him? Apparently you chop him up and put him in jars. I mean, but he's fine. Cut their heart in half. He was fine. He snapped his fingers and he ate that man with his body. But that's, I think that's the point. I think, you know, the whole book is turning that on its head by calling him the immortal Hulk. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you challenge him? Well, you send him to hell. You make him fight demons, you know, or whatever. He's or facing his own father, that, who's literally a force of the green door, whatever that is. And maybe, you know, there's a chance that this could all spin back around back into kind of the the psychiatric psychological aspects that peter david you know delved into with all those different aspects of it and the green door and all that is just a you know figurative it's all metaphor but it was never presented like this it's so refreshing Mm. it has it does feel like it's been a while since we've read a big two comic story that is just this unique that's this unexpected that it 
that that just presents itself as nothing. There's nothing else like this. Mm-hmm. At it, all. It, it, it is weird and surprising. That's that I think is the most surprising thing about it, is I didn't think you could take something that uses the elements of the Hulk. Like the, none of this feels false. None of it feels forced. I'm surprised they can take as much of the Hulk and do this with it and have it feel this good and also this surprising. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's it because it it's not none of it is like necessarily breaking canon. You know, it yeah. is all taking established facts about Bruce Banner and the Hulk and recontextualizing it. And just looking, just changing our perspective on it a little bit. And that's all it takes. And we just look at it slightly different. And you go like, wait a second, that's true. The Hulk can't die. And we, we, and we, when Bruce Banner got killed uh, in Civil War II by Hawkeye, we, we, you know, we, we rolled our eyes. Because we're like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Bruce Banner's dead. Sure he is. And, and, all, and all that. And then, of course, he comes back. But that's, I think this is what you do to make it interesting. You know, you make him come back and him be like, he doesn't, he's not an adventure. He's not on a superhero team. He can't be, he's a monster and he always has been, but they've, they've made him so friendly over like they, 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 he's just been, Oh yeah, he's the heavy hitter. He's him and him and Thor. They're the two big heavy hitters. They can fight anybody, et cetera, et cetera. But he's never losing control really until he kind of has to, and World War Hulk kind of failed, I think, largely because it lost all that. It lost that perspective of, no, the Hulk is a monster. And if he wanted to, he can't be beaten. Not by normal means. Not by just heroes punching him until you have to use some weird devil magic to suck the energy, the gamma from him. And then whatever. It can't feel normal. You have to beat him using different rules. I think that's this whole book is it's different rules. It's it's staring at the same set of facts and and uh, and figures, except it's skewed into a different dimension. Look at it through the green door, Eric. I don't know. Al Ewing has been writing. He's been writing very good stuff um, for for Marvel, but he hasn't gotten a lot of. He hasn't had like a big main book to be his own it's he's writing a lot of smaller stories mini story mini series and stuff like that over the past couple of years and now people are recognizing it with this book recognizing his skill um and i've already talked about how much i love this how this book looks the books there's a there's a some fill-in art yeah um for the, a, the the issue where they have the story told by multiple different people i thought that was an interesting artistic choice to do it that way yeah, whereas this, you know, one issue is the Hulk comes to a town and there's a something happens and every perspective is from a different artist. Um, it's a way to get around that kind of feeling artist mm-hmm. symptom of like, oh, suddenly we're jumping to a different artist. Well, here's why. Give us there's a reason, you know. But Joe Bennett does most of the art in the the two two volumes and he's he's great. It looks amazing. It really captures how you should feel about the devil hulk and it, it always it manages like the manages to communicate uh the emotion really well of especially of the hulk himself um when he's like this grotesque monster 
and like the emotion he, he's upside down in a his head is upside down in a glass jar staring out at this mad scientist and you still manage to communicate how he's feeling and and all that it's, it's very impressive um it's i like the colors a lot it's very moody very easy i think the book does continue to have kind of an easy comics feel around mm. the edges especially at night because that's his time eric I mean, they, they, they make him into a monster. He's, it, this is, it is very, you know, it, it feels like it's pulling a lot from a lot of classic horror of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the stuff that originally influenced the Hulk, like back in the day, the 60s, you know, and, and just going back to that very, that very early source material. Do you think that you could keep this going for a long time. I kind of hope that it's a concise statement. I don't know how much of this he has planned. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to see, you know, like with this story with the, the man who like poisons his son and he becomes a, a, a radioactive buried ghoul. I don't know that I want to see like little episodes, monster of the week stories, based around this i wouldn't want them to drag it out forever it feels very much now we're getting it knows where it's going towards it's going to tell that story and it's going to move on and that that is what i want it to do just like as potently as it can that's what i fully expect it to do yeah and it, it there's uh, this hulk is in the the Avengers, the weekly Avengers story running right now. And now Ewing's co-writing it, I believe, which is probably mm-hmm. why it's, and he's in there. It, but it feels weird to me that he is like this Hulk should not no. cross over. I, it, he is, I, I really like the, the devil Hulk as he is called, but I, he, I feel like he should be isolated because it makes this book more impactful and makes this character feel more impactful. And frankly, I don't think that that the Devil Hulk as a character should last forever. I think I I think that it will the book will will make more of an impact if he is just another form. And maybe Bruce Banner and the Hulk are different at the end of this, and we get another new status quo for them. Or maybe Bruce Banner does die. I don't think they'd kill the Hulk, but whatever. I don't... Who knows? He's immortal. Maybe Bruce Banner dies and stays dead, and all the left is the Hulk. I don't know, but... I have I have no idea what to expect No, No, I don't either, and that's kind of the half the charm of it, is it yeah. because it's so surprising and so different and so confident in what it's doing, mm-hmm. and you are... Just there's no there's no story shape that I can go look at and go, oh, that's what they're kind of following. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I've read a lot of horror and there's nothing in this like it's Lovecraftian in a lot of ways of going to this different eldritch dimension of gamut. Like it's 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 tapping back into the same those same themes you were talking about earlier. It is tapping back into the fear of of technology, the fear of science, but then twisting that into this this kind of hellish supernatural in in connection almost religion or in a sort of way. It, it and like you see that with the fact that 
one of the stories is in the church, like you have these these different people trying to cheat God, cheat life, extend life. That you know, you're talking about that dude who ends up as a ghoul, uh, and then gets unearthed to become a part of the science experiments. Like you have these people trying to cheat cheat life become god and it you know it harkens back to frankenstein it harkens back to dr jekyll must ride it's like this old horror stories but i don't know what's gonna happen and it's great and it's just so many and like with these whenever we get superhero stories where i'm intimately familiar with a character and i've read so many stories featuring them and then i read it and i go i don't know what's gonna happen I don't know what I don't know if they're going to get back to a status quo. I don't. I'm not. I'm not even thinking about the status quo. I'm not worried about continuity. <laughs> I'm thinking like, what the fuck is going on? Crusher Creel just got his body ripped in half, and then his spine, his skull are just waving about in the air, and he's sucking the life force out of. He's sucking the gamma out of this Devil Hulk, and then they all end up in this green through a green door in hell. And that is not what I'm expecting when I'm reading a Hulk story. It's fantastic. I'm glad you forced me to read this. I I, I think if you're not too squeamish, I 100% recommend it. Lord, yes. Uh, but I, I'm I, the Cronenberg. This is this is the hardest of the hardcore body horror, like as hardcore as anything I've ever seen. So be forewarned. But it's still amazing. And it's absolutely batshit insane. In the best way. <sighs> Man, Eric. Mm. Talked out. It's a lot of a lot of words. A lot of words about green men. Hey, oh, I'm so excited because I know Doc Sampson is in the next few issues after this. I what? love I love me some Doc Sampson. Got, I am uh, wow. I love me some Doc Sampson. Doc Sampson shows up with his gr- big old green hair. Uh but We'll probably we might read some more Hulk later on, maybe if it goes. We'll see how long it goes. I'll I'm gonna be probably follow along with it anyway. But we might revisit Hulk at some point. We're just checking on the story, see where it is. Um, anything you want to add, Eric? Anything we haven't touched on? No. All right. Well, that was the Immortal Hulk volumes one and two by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett with uh, many others. Um, next time we will be discussing Batman White Knight. By Sean Murphy with Matt Hollingsworth. We read uh, an issue, I think, of this, or did we read two? Did we read, I don't know if we read one or two, but this is the hey, what if the Joker was Batman? Or what if Batman was the Joker? What if. I feel like we read at least two or three. Okay. This is eight, it's eight issues long, so it is, it is a little set in a different universe. It's in another alternate universe Batman story, but. I think what what are we we're going to discover if this is how it differs from the Batman who laughs at least I think that's part of the and all this all 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 the all the 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 many cases of the Batman and the Joker swapping roles and switching places and the Killing Joke and Jason Todd and all the different there, we'll talk about all those things I'm sure. Um, but you can read along with us. It is currently on sale in Comixology if you want to pick it up for for a few, a few only a few dollars. Um, that'll be next time. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. 
Uh, links to everything there to our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomics. Our Twitter at HBCR. And you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And you, I also have a website. It is RobbieDorman.com. We'll, we'll have a link to my book when it is on sale. And you can also sign up for my newsletter there. Eric. What's up, Bob? Where can they find you and your things online? What a super good question. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. See most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm known on both as EZGoodnight. And with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.